Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, it is so good to be with everyone this morning and I pray that you are well. If you don't know me, my name is Lachlan and I am the pastor of our Tweed location. And I'm going to be bringing this word today, so I'm just going to turn my iPad on here. And uh, we're going to be reading from John chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 5 is where we're going to dig into this morning. And this is the story of Jesus healing a lame man. And it's, it's really powerful. This is going to be in the NLT, New Living Translation. So it says this. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. In the city near the Sheep Gate was the Pool of Bethesda, or other versions might say Bethsaida, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralysed, lay on the porches. One of them lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? He said, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have... No one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began walking. Come on, somebody. Like, honestly, I know we're sitting at home right now, but you've got to get excited when you read these kinds of things. You're like, God, there is nothing impossible for you. He instantly picked up his mat and started walking. But this miracle happened on a Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. I just want to say, how ridiculous is that statement? The man's been sick for 38 years and these religious leaders are upset because it's the Sabbath. This is what I love about Jesus. He goes against all that because he cares about the individual. And I want to say, if you know Christ, if you're experiencing His freedom, don't be shocked if those around you don't celebrate the freedom that's happening in you. We'll keep reading. But He replied, The man who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told his Jew- the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. You know, I want to talk about something today that is I, God's been speaking to me about, but I believe it's focusing on what's happening in this story is what God has done for humanity and what God is currently doing for humanity. Uh, I think we'd all agree when we read this story that we are stoked for this crippled man to be healed, like 38 years, crippled, lying on a mat, instantly healed. I mean, amazing. I am so like, come on, this gets me so excited. And I sit there and I, I, I think, you know, it's one thing to give a gift. You know, the Bible says it is better to give than it is to receive. Jesus teaches that. It's better to give than it is to receive. And I'd have to agree with that. There is something that happens in us as people that when we give, we feel great. But it's a whole nother thing to receive. It's a whole nother thing to be able to receive. And I share this story or these stories a lot of times to the Tweed location um, or to people I'm talking to. But often when I'm at cafes, I'll just buy people coffee. I'll shout them a coffee, whether they're in the line behind me or they're 
I see them lining up and I'm sitting down, I'll just jump up and tap my card. And whenever I shout them a coffee, they're just so shocked. They're like, you can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, I can. And they're like, that is like the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm like, it's a $5 coffee, like this is wild. But it just shows me there's something in people that find it hard to receive. And I know this to be true in my own life. I remember when I did the internship here at Elevation Church, I think that was in 2011. And I agreed with my wife that I was gonna do it. And it was two or $3,000, I can't remember exactly. But I, I remember just being in this moment of time where I didn't have the money. I was thinking, how am I gonna pay for this? And all of a sudden, a few weeks into it, the finance person at our church rings me and says, hey, uh, someone's just paid your whole internship fee. And I was blown away at that, that gift of generosity. I just thought, wow, this is amazing. And then I started to go down the line of, I, I think I know who it is. And I remember talking to this lady at our Tweed location. And uh, I just said, hey, my internship fees got paid for. Was it you? Was it you and your husband? And she said to me, no, it wasn't me. But you need to learn how to receive a gift, Lachlan. You need to learn how to receive love. And in that moment, something just really spoke to me that as humanity, we struggle to receive. But when you think about it as humanity, we are on the receiving end of the greatest gift of all time. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, leaving the perfection of heaven to earth to pay for our sin and our shame. And He did it because He said, I love my creation. He, he paid for our sin. And if it wasn't for Him paying for the sin, if it wasn't for the forgiveness being released from God to us, then that sin would separate us from eternal joy in the presence of God. But there Jesus goes, no, I'm going. I'm going to pay for the sin, to pay for the rebellion, to pay for the wrongdoing because I love my creation. And He came knowing full well that we could never pay this gift back. And if we are to receive salvation, we've purely got to receive it. We've got to get good at receiving this gift. And I honestly believe that so many people in the world today struggle to come to Christ because it just sounds too good to be true. And I don't know how many conversations I've had with family or friends or just random people sharing the gospel. And they're like, are you kidding me? You really believe that fairy tale? And I'm like, oh yes, I really, really believe it. Because this fairy tale or what you would think is just made up. If I read scripture, I see this Jesus heals people. This Jesus sets them free. If I think it's just a fairy tale, I gotta look at my own life and say, it can't be just a fairy tale if I've been set free, if I've been saved. And I look, there are billions of people all around the world who have encountered this Jesus who is saying, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be free? And so I'd love to just propose two questions to us today. And the purpose I'm asking questions is for the sake of those of us as the church gathering in homes to open up discussion in your home after this message. So whether that's with your family or gathering with a whole number of people like we are today, open up the discussion and get real and get vulnerable and start to dig into each other's lives asking and discussing these questions. The first one is this, it's what I've been talking about. It's, will you let Jesus love you? Will you let Jesus love you? It says, one of them, a man lying there, had been sick for 38 years. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? 
Now, here's what I love about Jesus. He does nothing by accident. And he, he turns up nowhere on accident. And I don't know if you ever read these stories of Scripture where you're like, man, there are some really irrelevant things in that Scripture. Like, why are you telling me that? Like verse 2, it says, Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. And I'm like, this is me. I'm over-analytical sometimes when I read stuff. And I'm like, what does that actually mean? There must be a hidden meaning behind this. Like the sheep gate. We're called sheep in the Bible. There's five porches. Maybe numerology, biblical numerology comes into five means grace. There's got to be a different meaning. But then as I'm reading and researching, I'm realizing John, who's recounting the story and writing this gospel, is actually just like, no, no. I just want you to realize Jesus actually came to a real place where there was real people who were sick and who were lame and who were hurting. And He turns up nowhere. He doesn't turn up to the pool of Bethesda by accident. He doesn't find this man who's been lame for 38 years by accident. You read through Scripture, He doesn't turn up to the woman at the well in John chapter 4 by accident. He doesn't turn up to the man who is demon-possessed with so many demons that they say their name is Legion, meaning many demons. He doesn't turn up to that guy in Mark chapter 5 by accident. He doesn't walk down the road and look up and see a thieving, fraudulent tax collector named Zacchaeus by accident. He does it because he's intentional about going after our freedom. He doesn't come into your life and into my life by accident. He does it because he is about our freedom. And God comes to you, even maybe today you're listening for the first time, God is coming to you through His Word with an invitation. But even if you've been in a relationship with Him for a long time, He's coming to you with the same invitation. And this is it. He's saying, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? But as humans, we can struggle to receive love for free. I don't know about you, I just do. And I think it's because of the culture that we've grown up in, and in this society that says, if you want to receive something, then you've got to give something. But that's not the gospel. The gospel says something completely different. The gospel says, before we believe, we are loved. The gospel says, before we thought about God, He thought about us. It says, we are created in our mother's womb and He knows every hair on our head. The, the gospel says, the Bible says that before we loved God, He loved us. And that God is coming before us today with this question. Will you let me love you? Will you let me love you? Like, is that not amazing? Will you let me love you through your hurt and through your pain? Will you let me love you through your brokenness and through your mess? Will you let me love you through your loneliness and through your rejection? Will you let me love you through your stubbornness and through your pride? Will you let me love you through your busyness, through your fear and your doubts, through the failures, through the success, through the ups and the downs, through the excuses? Will you let me love you? What an amazing invitation that God is giving to humanity right now. And whatever it is for you that you identify with on that list, because let's be real, we're all on a journey. No one's arrived. We've all got something that we're dealing with. And I bet when I read through those things, there is something that you identify with. You need to know this, that Jesus is not intimidated by it. He's not intimidated by a lame man who's been lying for 38 years on a mat. He's not intimidated. 
And we need, to, we need to be sure of that. If we're going to let Jesus love us, we need to know He knows everything about us and He's not intimidated. If the God of the universe who, who through Jesus, the universe was created, if He's willing to leave the perfection of heaven, be born as a helpless little baby, be raised by His parents, Mary and Joseph, whom He created, and then die on a cross at the hands of His own creation, if He's willing to go through all of that, then I'm confident that He's not intimidated by what I'm going through. I'm confident that I can let that God love me well. And here it is, Jesus saying, will you let me love you? And He just wants us to let Him in. That's why He's asking the question. And He is so passionate about pursuing us. But why? Because He's so passionate about our freedom. I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and I've known this girl for probably around 12 years. And... She's one of those Christians and one of those uh, women who, you know how Paul says in Scripture, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. This girl is one of those humans. She's so lovely, so loving, so life-giving, loves Jesus. One of those people that Tara and I, my wife and I talk about and say, she's a real Christian. Anyway, I'm you know, a friend with her and I get in this conversation with her this week and it was just this moment of vulnerability where she started to talk to me about some of the real hurts and the real pains that she's experienced these these real rejection moments in her life in the church over the last 15 years. And she started to get real with me and open the can on some of these moments where I was just like, oh my goodness. Even one moment she's telling me this story and I'm feeling the emotion that I reached out and I grabbed a box of tissues and I went to hand it to her and she's like, I'm not gonna cry. And I'm like, and I like pulled the, the tissue box close because I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to or not. I'm like, it was real. And as she started to get real and vulnerable through the hurt and the pain, and you know, I'm thinking, I never knew. I never knew you were going through this. You look so whole. But it's as I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, everyone's going through something. That's the reality. And this girl, as beautiful and as whole and as loving as she is, has to come to a crossroad moment where it's like, I have to answer the question, will I let Jesus love me through this? And she said she went to the beach after that conversation. And as she sat on the beach, she just felt Jesus passionately going after these hurts or these wounds or these rejections in her life. She ended up texting me and a few others the next day and said, I feel like Jesus is like cleansing the temple of my heart right now and He's flipping open the tables. And it's, it's all to do with that question, will you let me love you? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be free? And I think every single person listening to this message right now would say yes. Then we've got to be willing to get real and get vulnerable. Just like that girl did for me that day where she just opened up her heart. We've got to be like that with Jesus. You know, as I read on in this story, I realise that there is an even greater purpose to the fact of Jesus healing this man of his lameness or his ailment. And the greater was for the purpose of holiness. Goes on in verse 13 and says, the man didn't know, this is after the Jewish religious leaders are talking to him. The man didn't know that Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. Again, Jesus comes after him. This man has done nothing. He's just laid there crippled in his life. And this represents us. We've done, Jesus has come after us. Come after us with our healing and come after us with our holiness. He found him in the temple and he told him, now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. What could be worse than being lame and crippled for 38 years? 
What would be worse is eternal separation from God. So he's not just about healing his physical ailment. And this is what I love about Jesus. The ultimate way Jesus loves us is not just to make us feel warm and fuzzy. It's not just to give us his Holy Spirit so we can sense his presence. It's not just to heal us of a physical ailment or some kind of sickness in our life or painful circumstance. The ultimate way Jesus loves us is to transform us into his holy image. He's ultimately focused on our holiness, becoming like Jesus. So will you let Jesus love you through whatever your life looks like right now? That's my first question. My second question is this. Will you let people love you? Will you let people love you? Jesus says, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. I have no one. I read that and my heart just broke. And I thought, this is actually really sad. 38 years it says he's been sick for, so we don't actually know how old he is exactly, but let's just assume he's 38 years old. That's three years older than me. 38 years of living and he has no one to help him. You know what's even sadder than that? In our modern day society, that there are people living today that have no one in their life, no one to build relationship with. You know what's even sadder than that? This story is so true of many of us in the church, in modern day church. We have no one, no one that we're really in relationship, no one who really knows what's going on in our life. But we've got to understand, people are essential to our journey of healing and holiness. If people weren't essential, then Jesus wouldn't have built His church. He wouldn't have created His church. But He knows that it is not good for us to be alone. He knows that we will struggle if we try and do things alone, like this lame man. But yet there are so many of us who try to. So will you let people love you? Maybe the reason, because I think this is a painful one, it's like, yeah, I'll let Jesus love me, but I'm not sure I'll let people love me. And I think the reason is because people are probably the main reason we've been hurt or we've been let down, especially in the church. It's real. You know, they say the best way to confront your fears is to face them head on. Now, two weeks ago today, today, two Sundays ago, uh, we had a fatal shark attack on the beach, on the very beach that I live on, that I've been surfing on for 20 years. And sadly, this man lost his life in that shark attack. Two days later, I had this opportunity. I was invited to go out to dinner with one of the men who paddled the shark victim in. And he told me of this horrific story, how the shark kept coming back for 10 minutes, following them all the way in. And I could see the fear as he's telling me this story and asked him this question and said, do you think you're gonna get, get back out in the ocean? And he's like, man, uh, I guess one day I'm gonna have to face my fears. Now, as I'm hearing the story, I'm like, I'm an ocean lover. I've been doing it for a long time. But if I'm honest, I'm a little fearful. I'm a little fearful to get back in the ocean. But if I'm gonna face my fears, then I can't face my fears standing on the shoreline. If I'm gonna face my fears of sharks or the ocean, I can't face my fears with my toes just dipped into the water. I can only, you and I can only face our fears in a place of potential pain. 
You and I can only face our fears in a place of potential pain. And for some of us right now, we are letting the fear of old hurts of people stop us from stepping into amazing, fruitful, healing, restorative relationships with people because of old fears, because of old hurts. But I want to remind us today that Jesus can make us new, that Jesus can give us a new beginning. Is it going to be difficult? Is it going to be hard? Yes. Are people prickly? Yes, we all are. But they are still a part of God's plan for our healing. And maybe you've been in church for a long time and you've got your toes dipped into the water. You're making sure you stay nice and shallow You don't want anyone to really know what's going on in your life. You don't want to get too deep in any kind of relationship. Maybe we've even used Sunday services in a big church building as our opportunity to have that touch point with people. But it's like, hey, the service only goes for a certain amount of time and then I've got to go. I've got stuff to do. But we get that shallow connection with people. And then guess what? COVID hits and then we're in our homes by ourselves. And I believe God is using this season on purpose for the reason of maturing His church. He wants each and every one of us to realise, I need people. I don't want to be like the lame man who has no one in my life. I want to be someone who's walking with people and people are walking with me. And so now in this season, we have to take hold of responsibility, personal responsibility to go after relationships. And that might make you scared, but that's the question. Will you step over that line once again and will you let people love you? I feel I'm sent here just to remind us that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. You don't have to be afraid. He's given us a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. So you, my friend, and me included, can jump head deep into this thing called relationship with others that God is calling us to. So this is my question today. Will you let Jesus love you? Will you bear your heart? Will you open up everything about who you are and let Him love you? And the second question is, will you let people love you? Why is all this something that we're looking at? It's because Jesus is so passionate about our freedom. He's intentional and He's coming after us. There's more freedom to be had. doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how long you've been following Jesus. There is more freedom to experience. Will you let Jesus love you? And will you let people love you? You know, before we end this service, we're going to have an opportunity to respond to God in worship. And I've asked the team to sing this song, and the song's called Sales. And it's a really beautiful song about opening up our lives and just completely giving ourselves to God. Just before we started, I want to sing the, uh, sorry, not sing, I want to share the second verse uh, of this song. And it says this, it says, I'm finally seeing you were here all along. Your love wasn't absent. It doesn't come or go. The image I've had is starting to fail. You're patient with me. You're lifting the veil. Oh Lord, set me free. Why don't we take a moment right now? Why don't we respond to God in worship and say, God, here is my life. Here is my heart. So come on, let's worship Him right now.
Lord, we just thank you right now for your love, God. Proven to us through Jesus on the cross, rising from the grave and sending us your spirit. God, I thank you that what you've started in us, you will bring to completion like your word says. And I ask today, Lord, wherever people are at, that there would be healing, there would be freedom, and there would be holiness in Jesus' mighty name. Now, right now, if, if you're listening, maybe for the first time, or you've once known God, or you felt like you've walked away from Him, but today, listening to this message, you are making that decision in your heart to say, yeah, I want to be a child of God. I want to know His love. I want Him to love me. Then you need to know, He loves you and He knows you. He knows where you're at. He knew you'd be watching this. It's not by accident that you're watching this right now. He knew. That's how intentional He is. And He loves you so much, my friend, that if you were the only one on planet Earth, He still would have hung on a cross for you. And we've just got to come to this acknowledgement where He's saying, will you let me love you? We've got to use our human will to make a decision. Yes, God. And we make that decision by surrendering our life to Jesus by realising we've sinned and fallen short of His glory. And we say, God, forgive me and I receive your forgiveness and your love. I want to be a child of God. If that's you right now, I'd encourage you, just pray that in your heart. Say it out loud. Say however you want it. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life today. And Lord, I thank you for those people who are making that decision. And God, I just pray something would happen, something would transfer right now in their life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Have you made that decision? Right now in the chat, you can click, I commit my life to Jesus. No one's going to know that you press the button. And after you've clicked that, there's going to be another button to say, I want to get connected. And that will connect you through to one of our team. And we'd love to just talk with you, celebrate with you. And you need to know all of heaven is celebrating right now. So bless your heaps. Talk to you soon.